Hello and welcome. Innovative author, speaker, advocate, and change agent, Dr. Bonnie Bonita with a view is on the new legendary WIGO AM 1570 right now. Good morning, good morning, good morning. My name is Brother Demetrius Tolbert. I'm sitting in for Dr. Bonnie Bonita. The view, Valley of the Black Dolls. Com. I'd like to say good morning to everyone out there on this day, November 2nd, 2023, this Thursday. And I want to give you a little bit of information about myself. I am a man of God, a proud man of God. Yes, and I'm a, I'm a host today. I'm a business owner. I'm an entrepreneur. I have my own 501c3 non-for-profit. We'll get into all those things. But I also want to introduce my guest speaker. This man is resilient. He's the epitome of what you call resilient. His name is Mr. Dewey Bozella. He's a public speaker, a trainer, an actor, and he has a documentary. Guys, tell a friend to tell a friend to pay attention right now. I'm going to introduce my friend, my brother, Mr. Dewey Bozella. How you doing, sir? Good morning, Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia. I'm doing good, man. Wow, it's an honor and a pleasure to have you here today. Thank uh, you. I'd like to start off by saying, introduce yourself to the public. Uh, my name is Dewey Bazella, and um, I'm here to share the things about my life. Okay, yes, yes. Okay, we know that you have a documentary um, that has been done on your life. Uh, can you elaborate on what the documentary was about? Uh, the documentary is 26 years of Dewey Bazella's story. Um, I was locked up for a crime I did not commit. It took me 32 years to prove my innocence after doing 26 and a half years. Now, being locked up for a crime that you did not commit, um, it was devastating for you. Um, give me some of the emotions that you uh, went through while you was going through that particular moment in your in your life? Honestly, um, when I was found guilty and they gave me 20 years of life, I fell on the floor and started crying. Wow. Um, because uh, I didn't do it. And um, the jury, uh, actually, uh, seven women and five men broke down crying. Um, after I was found guilty. Wow, wow. Now, um, what year was was this uh, when you got convicted of the crime? I was back in 1983. Okay, what state were you in? I was in Poughkeepsie, New York. New York City. Okay. Yes. How old were you at that time, Dewey? Uh, well, the time that I got arrested, I was 17, just turned 18, and uh, the case was dismissed on what they called a not found bill. Um, after I did 28, year, 28 days um, in the county jail, um, and the judge told him, you got to let me go. They reopened the case five and a half years later, and then they made some deals to uh, with two other guys that were in prison. They got out. I went in. Okay, wow, wow. Now, kind of give me a little bit of your childhood, okay, as far as your, uh, you were born and what, what area? I was born in Brooklyn, New York, uh, Coney Island Hospital. And, okay. uh, you know, I came up with, uh, at that time, I had uh, six brothers and uh, four sisters. Okay, wow, wow. Now, how about your mother and father? Um, give me a little bit of the background. Well, my my father was uh, abusive. Um, he was the type of man, one day uh, I walked inside the house and I heard a lot of screaming and hollering. And uh, he was there beating up on my mother. And I went up. I did the best I could do for a kid. And uh, I grabbed him by the leg. They tried to stop him. He took me and threw me across the room like I was nothing to continue doing what he was doing. And that was the last time I seen my mother. I was put in the foster home, group homes after that. Mm -hmm. Um, They said that my mother died. Oh, my God. My God. Complete and utter devastation. So you went through... um your, your parents, uh, of course, did your father go to prison? I don't know what happened to my father. Um, af- af- after that, uh, I never seen him no more. Uh, wow. 
I never seen anybody in his family or nor, nor did anybody in his family come to take me or my brothers or my sisters. I was put into a foster home in Queens, New York, and uh, we were together for about six about six years. Wow, wow, mm -hmm. wow. And then something else happened in the year of 1977. Uh, my brother Ernie got uh, stabbed, stabbed to death, got murdered. Oh, my God. In Queens, New York. Wow. So you have been through a lot of trial and devastation, trauma, okay? Um, mm -hmm. Now, that takes me into you dealing with emotional trauma, letdown, conflict, disappointment. And you still had to go face trial, being accused of a conviction, uh, convicted of a crime that you did not commit, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, take me through some of those emotions that you had um, encountered while, you know, going through that moment at that time. Well, uh, when they reopened the case in 1983, uh, I, 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 I said I'm going to trial because I know I didn't do it. And what happened was, was that um, the case started off uh, horrible. They really didn't have anything on me. Uh, they never had no, no, no solid concrete evidence. All they had was testimonies. Um, to where one girl came in and said that uh, I did not commit the murder and that it was someone else and his fingerprints was found inside the house. But they still wanted me. They wanted me so bad that uh, the trial went on and then about two weeks later I was found guilty. Uh, and then when I was found guilty, I just I just uh, lost faith in the system. Okay, the system. Wow, losing faith in the system. Now, I have a statistic that I want to elaborate on. Uh, the wrong, wrongfully conviction, okay? As of August 8th, 2022, the National Registry of Exonerations listed 3,200 defendants who were convicted of crimes in the United States and later exonerated because they were innocent. 53% of them were black, nearly four times the portion of the of the population, which is now about 13.6%. So what they're saying is you, 53% of them were black. So over half the cases that was convicted of those 3,200 were black. So there's a good possibility if we take the numbers, a lot of, more than half the people that's in prison for murder could be innocent. That, that, that's that very much true, but uh, you know uh, that was the time and ever that a lot of a lot of officers were just doing things to uh, get promoted, um, and that's that's different parts of the states. That's just not in New York City. That could be down here in Atlanta. That could be in 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 Connecticut. It could be in a lot of places. Um, you know, so it's not just one place. Not in one one solid area is 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 a, a priority of different different things that go on throughout the state but um the the truth of the matter is is that uh you have people that are that are truly innocent and them are the ones that fight like I did you know um they refuse to tell them that they did it no matter what the circumstances are absolutely now i was uh talking to you earlier and you said um they, the state came at you with a plea deal, right? And um, they offered you a, a clemency if you just admit that you did the crime. Yeah, uh, yeah, that was that was during my second trial. Um, after I did uh, close to uh, seven years, I did six and a half years. Okay. Um, they came to me. The trial was so bad in the second trial because all the guys who testified against me testified for me and said, one of the guys even said that the reason why I got up on stand to testify against this man because I wanted to get my brother out of jail. And now that I got my brother out of jail, I want you to know that I committed perjury. Oh. And he told the judge that. And what happened was was that um, they ignored that, and they said, I got to take it to the appellate court and everything. Um, but there was not one single shred of evidence that said that I did it. Everything was in my favor to where the prosecuting district attorney uh, came to my attorneys, and they offered them uh, a deal. He said, well, listen, uh, we'll give him uh, manslaughter, 7 to 14, if he just admits to the nature of the crime. And in six and a half months, he'll be able to see the parole board. Um, I didn't take the deal. 
Then they came back on another deal and said, listen, we'll give him time serve if he just admit to the nature of the crime and tell us how he did it. Uh, I said, no, I'm not, I, I didn't do it. I, I'm not, I'm not admitting to anything. And then they came back with a third plea, which is very, very, very rare, um, where it's called scenario offer plea, where all I had to do was sign a piece of paper and I walk out the courtroom right there on the spot. And I said, no. And um, I got resentenced and uh, I did another 19 years. Okay, okay. I, well, I like to chime in on that. Um, what, what was the main factor for you to decide to push that deal back on the table because a lot of people would think you know i got a chance to go home i got a chance to have some sort of life um i mean i could just get you know sign this paper even if i didn't do it hmm. i could just go home and have some sort of life left you know what was your main factors to say you know i'm not going to do this i'm not going to take this plea at this time well i would what what my whole meaning was was that uh I asked myself a serious, profound question. I said, "Could I deal? Could I? Could I deal with this for the rest of my life if I said I did?" And the answer was no. Mm-hmm. And um, I realized that even though I had a paralegal certificate in law and two trades and thirty-two certificates, um, and I could go out and be a pro fighter, um, I said, "What was my chances of me getting a job? What was my chances of living a normal life?" If I walked into any 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 place just to try to get a job, right. and I had to tell them that uh, I was a convicted murderer, right, for for murdering a, a ninety two years old woman that was uh, suffocated to death and wow. hogtied, wow, how can I how can I actually work in any 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 place anywhere, right? What kind of life could I live with that hanging over my head for the rest of my life? What kind of life could I have? Where I could be, where in, in this day in society you have all these women working. What woman is going to trust me? What woman is going to want to be around me? Right. What woman? What woman is going to look at me as a normal human being right. without without that? What it, just just by that hanging over my head, Absolutely. the doubt of, of of what kind of person I am. Right. And I said, Oh heck, no! I can't live with that for the rest of my life. No way in heck. I said, I'd rather die in prison than tell you I did it. Wow. I like to give you a statistic right now. It says blacks, okay, are seven and a half times more likely to be wrongfully convicted of murder than whites. Can you elaborate on that? Well, that's 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 a that's just a, a, a fact, um, because of their statistics and, right. and 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 what they want out of society to believe and and to see. I think it's on. I think that the terms are 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 where uh, you have the average black person that doesn't have money. Because my right. in my in my case, I had my case with a murder trial was only fifteen hundred dollars. Wow, that's what my case was worth with Mickey Steinman, and David Steinberg. Right, and uh, these are world renowned uh, uh, lawyers, and 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 they couldn't even do anything for me. Right, and so. Um, you know, it was it was it's it's a horrible statistic, but they're facts, right? right? So, could you say a lot of the crimes that you've been brought up on a, on charges that you economically can't afford to fight? I, I, with, with money, the majority of times you'll, you you can get the case beat um, if 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 you really didn't do it. So, is it fair to say that um, I'm not saying everybody in that situation? Because I believe that if somebody did and, and um, do a crime, they deserve the punishment. But yes. do you think that because economically, if you can't afford to fight the charges, a lot of people would rather weigh their options and say, you know, give me an opportunity to have some sort of freedom eventually. <laughs> so that I'll take a plea. They'll make deals. They make deals. Right? They'll make deals. They'll, they'll say, listen, it's better than life. This is what I'll do. I'll, 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 okay, I'll take that. I'll take that plea bargain. I'll um I'll take that deal in order to have my freedom back. It's better than life. Right. But the ones who really didn't do it, they'll say like I did, you know, um, hey man, I'm going to trial. No matter right. what. No matter what. Right. No matter what. And, you know. And, and so that's the difference. Right. That boy that's that brought me to the next question, your strength, because it would take somebody that's mentally strong to even consider, you know, I'll just go ahead and do the time. 
And um, where did you get the strength from to be able to endure that circumstance? The way that uh, the society came at me, uh, there was uh, seven other people that was involved in the case, and every one of them was scot-free but me. Everybody had the case uh, in some way, form, or fashion where they got out of it, and I was the only guy who got sentenced 20 years to life. Wow. And I and every one of them were from Poughkeepsie, New York. I was the only one from Brooklyn, New York. And that's when I said to myself, "Oh heck, no, no, I can't. I, there's no way, no, no." Wow. And it made me, it made me mad. It made me, it made me uh, 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 have a lot of hatred mm-hmm. in the beginning. It made me um, feel like, you know, uh, I was betrayed. Right. And I didn't trust. I didn't trust society. I didn't trust nobody. I said, "I'll, I'll live by the law, but I'll never trust it." So the emotions and the and the anger and the and the pain and frustration, all of the above, it, it had to you know, it had to have done something to you mentally to to be able to endure and to withstand the chaos. Okay, um, it, it led you to fighting. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, it led you to find your passion. Okay, explain to me uh, uh, your passion and 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 what is it. What is your passion? Well, um, before before I got uh, locked up for this crime, I finally was getting my life in the right direction. I'm not going to say I was a goody-goody. Right. That's not far from the truth. Gotcha. But um, I finally made up my mind to where I got up off the streets. I was going to Floyd Patterson Boxing Camp. where I even was going to Dutch Community College where um, they put me in the Poughkeepsie Journal while I was playing baseball. And uh, so that showed me I had a little talent that I had opportunity and there was a chance for me to do something with myself. Um, And then but then when they reopened the case, uh, all that was taken from me and my anger and my frustration and and everything towards life. And then um, during 1977, uh, right up after they arrested me for the crime, my brother was murdered. And so I was even more angry and frustrated and towards life and towards the everything that was bothering me. And I was I, I carried that with me, not having a mother, not having a father, uh, living out in the streets, not having, you know, just just right. everything. Everything was just negative. Right. And then that happened to me. That was the that was the <laughs> the cherry on top of the cake. You know, right. it was like, come on, man. Right. You know, and I I was losing. I was even losing faith in God. Wow. We're going to talk about that faith of the most high God. We're going to talk about what they call a litmus test. And then if you believe in God and you believe in your faith, the litmus test was given to Job. Okay. When God offered Job up as his servant and said, did you consider when, when the devil said, I'll make him curse you. Hmm. So he knew God knew that Job was his most faithful servant. And even Job didn't question God. He went through torment, torture, loss, pain, anger. Hmm. What was your, when you say I was mad at God, give me some idea of what level or why were you mad? You were, were you mad because you was in the situation that he was accused of? Cause everybody hates to be accused, right? Mm-hmm. But to know, that you're an innocent man. Uh, do you feel tormented? Do you feel despair? Do you feel uh, let down? Subsequent? I mean, give me, give me well, an idea. Honestly, um, during a, during a, uh, close to the six and a half years that I did inside Sing Sing Tape Penitentiary, all my accomplishments, uh, human development. Uh, Substance abuse, um, alternative to violence, behavior awareness, all these classes I took, you know, right. um, I learned how to uh, rechannel myself, re- regroup myself right. with life. And uh, things were, I was doing pretty good at it. Right. Things were moving along just great. And, um, you know, I had uh, 30 certificates, uh, probably certificate in law. And I, you know, a lot of things were going in my favor. Okay. And this was after my second trial. Okay. And I got resentenced 20 years to life. And I was I was talking to God. And I said, God, what have I done so bad that I deserve 20 years to life? Right. 
what 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 is it that I'm doing wrong, man? Right. I, I, I said, I'm turning my life around. I'm going back to school. I went right. and got my GD. I did all these programs. Right. I said, I said I'm a changed man. Right. And God did something. Okay. When I got back to Sing Sing, uh, I went down to the chopper area the following morning, mm-hmm. and um, there's a guy who murdered my brother. And I said to myself, oh, you've got to be kidding me, man. I said, if I ever see this guy, I'm going to take his head off. Right. He murdered my brother. But it wasn't the same Dewey. Right. That Dewey that was mad, angry, and frustrated looked at life a little bit more different. Wow. And uh, everything that I was talking to God about, God was saying, okay, let me, let me, let me see who you are. Right. Let me see what kind of person you are. You said you changed. There's the guy who murdered your brother. Right. Now, here's the catch. Colder the streets is, I'm supposed to get him. Absolutely. Colder streets is to go bust him upside the head, go stab him, do something. Revenge, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, prison code. Prison code, right. Man, if you don't do nothing, you're a coward and everything else that goes along with it. Right. So I got a reputation to protect. I'm, I'm sing, sing like heavyweight champion. I could box. I got a New York Daily News centerfold for boxing. Everything is going right for me. So I know I could defend myself. But not only that, Mr. Dewey, if you do something and you're still fighting for your life in the court system, yes. you're going to be judged by what you just did. Yeah, but so I, that'll affect the cause and the effect, right? Yes, sir. So now that's another yeah. way to look at it, right? Yeah, but 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 it wasn't even that. Because I, I went up in my cell and I thrown everything out for three days. Right. And when I finally came out myself, we was on the flats, what we call H&M Gallery, where you go out to school, where right. you go to all the programs. Okay. And uh, there's one, there you go, the guy murdered my brother. Mm. Wow. And uh, now you got four tiers, H&M, J&M, K&O, L&P. Right. And people are looking down like vultures. Right. Oh, all heck is about to break loose. There's right. a guy who murdered his brother. Right. Nah, everybody's just waiting. They just waiting. He's waiting. I walked up to him and I said, Can I talk to you for a minute? And, he, mm-hmm. and so we went around the corner away from the OIC office where the police officer's at. And I asked him a question. I said, Why did you murder my brother? Mm-hmm. And he looked at me. Mm-hmm. And I looked him dead in the face. And he said, Yo, man, I was young when something just happened. And I looked at him and then I put my hand out and I said, You know what? I forgive you. And the guy who was next to me went off. Yo, but he murdered your brother. He murdered your brother. You ain't going to do nothing. And I looked at him. I said, you ain't got nothing to do with this. It's between me and him and God. Mm. And then, uh, you know, the word got out. Like, man, I don't know if I could have did what you did, man. I said to myself, uh, at a time of adversity, all these programs that I took, all these things that I did, am I really about this? And then the question was, was this, how am I going to ask anybody to forgive me if I can't forgive him? If I can't give, give him a chance, how's anybody going to give me a chance? Wow. And that's how I left it. I left it at that. And right. then I walked away. And I didn't care what anybody thought or what anybody felt. Right. Because I know, I know that I had to learn how to forgive myself right. to forgive somebody else. Right. And that's exactly what I did. Right. And you found Christ. I found my peace. Your peace. Yeah, absolutely. That's an amazing story. That's um, adversity. Um, you overcame the endurance, the the forgiveness, the the peace that you have to live with, and uh, in, in spite of right, in mm-hmm. spite of whatever we're going through in life, there all it all, it could always be worse, right? Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So now, when you start fighting, right, yeah. you found boxing. Yes. And with boxing, it taught you to defend yourself because at, at, at this point, you've been fighting your whole life, correct? Yeah. Uh, emotionally, uh, you've been fighting turmoil. You've been fighting chaos, mm. um, letdown, mm. hardships, setbacks. And now you're defending yourself in a boxing ring. Mm. Name some of the uh, punches that you had to perfect and how it ap- applies to life. I. I think my punches is 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 where I learn morals, obligation, responsibility, and discipline. Right. Where I where I learned how to take the 
the adversity of life and turn it around and make it better. Because boxing made me understand uh, the fundamentals of who I am as a human being. Right. Um, because the, the the better I got, the more I, I felt at peace with myself. Absolutely. You know, and and I, I understood the principles of what it takes to be a true fighter, right. not only out in the ring but also in life because it helped me to see what I was qualified to doing as a person. Absolutely. And when I really realized uh, the facts of what boxing has done for me was uh, the integrity, the Absolutely. character, Absolutely. you know, of, of, of what of what it did for me to have what was necessary to move to the next stage of learning how to have the things that were, that were proper in life, like learning how to deal with fear, learning right. how to deal with commitment, learning how to deal with persistence, learning how to deal with forgiveness, learning how to deal with, deal with determination, right. hope and faith and struggle and conflict. Right. The seven major things of life right. that we do every day in our life and that we cannot escape. Absolutely, absolutely. I tell you what, what we're going to do, we got about a couple more minutes, we're going to talk about the comeback story, okay? Mm-hmm. We've already known where you were with Lullaby, uh, uh, the, the, the lower parts, okay? Mm-hmm. Now we're going to talk about the get back up phase. Okay. Okay. Because every fighter knows how to prepare, right? Everybody, there's there's no, there's, <laughs> a champion is always a champion if nobody's punching back, right? But what happens when you fall and you hit, you get hit and you're on the ground, the Lord's points in your life, down. when everything goes out the window and your your nose is busted, your eyes are, your eyes are bloody and, yeah, yeah, your camp is telling you, get up, champ, do this, do that. It's only you. You have to respond, you and your maker. You have to find peace with, am I going to lay down here or am I going to get up and fight? Am I going to fight the, the consequences? Am I going to fight the naysayers? Am I going to prove myself better than somebody's already got me convicted? Okay, we're going to talk about those things. And we're going to talk about how you can be an example to kids Cause, uh, and what your goals are and how everything is going to come together because God has got some great things in store for you. And I'm honored and I'm pleasured to even be in your presence right now because as we met and I come over and we had talked and I can see you have Muhammad Ali on your shirt. Hmm. He's one of the greatest fighters in history. But he was a moral, moral giant. He chose to prison over the military when he had his own religious beliefs. He chose moral compass and, and code of ethics and integrity for why he did what he did. Can you give me some of your moral uh, integrity points that would be a good foundation for, you know, a building block for, for, for a youth that's probably out of control? Give me some things that, you know, you can offer them. Well, first and foremost, Ali was a stick-and-move fighter. Right, uh, which means that you hit without getting hit. <laughs> a lot of these guys just take punches and play rock 'em sock 'em robot. Um, what I loved about Ali was that you know he knew how to give as well as take, and uh, what he did as a person and as a human being was phenomenal in terms of uh, his 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 dignity. Right. You know, and what was more important was how his character was in his everyday life, why he became the people champ. Right. The people champ, meaning that that's who they loved. They hated him in the beginning, but they loved him at the end. Right. And that's where that's where he was knocked down, where he didn't volunteer to go into the war, or the Vietnam War, and that's where, that's where his true character came in at because he Absolutely. lost everything. Absolutely. And because of him losing everything, you know, people start to understand, oh, this is a man of principle. Right. And what 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 made me really respect him was that he said, well, I'd rather go to prison and tell you I, that this is what I'm going to do. Okay, I'll tell, tell you what. We're going to go on break right now. And when we come back, we're going to talk about the comeback, the comeback kid, okay? Okay, uh, when you ever you get a chance, call WIGO, 1570 AM. That's 404-361-1571. 404-361-1571. We would like to talk to you and get, get you to chime in on Brother Dewey Bozzello at 1570 AM. Dr. Bonnie Bonito with a view. We'll be right back. 
feel-good music lives here on WIGO AM 1570. Ellenwood, Morrow, Georgia. We are the legendary WIGO. Paysetter 1570 AM Atlanta. Children are our future Teach them well and let them lead the way Show them all the beauty they possess inside Give them a sense of pride To make it easier Let the children's laughter Remind us how we used to be Everybody's searching for a hero People need someone to look up to I never found anyone who fulfilled my need A lonely place to be So I learned to depend on me Love of all was happening 
to Dr. Bonnie Bonita, Bonnie with a View, special guest, Brother Demetrius Tolbert, and guest speaker, Dewey Bozella. We'll be back and continue the conversation right after this. At Eviction Help Now, we help stop evictions. Call now for a free consultation, 678-468-4940. That's 678-468-4940. Are you facing an eviction? Do you know anyone that is? A neighbor, co-worker, friend, family member, or church member? Call Eviction Help Now, 678-468-4940. Eviction Help Now, we can provide up to 90 days to help you fight your eviction so you won't have to move in seven days. We offer fast, effective, efficient, professional help. Eviction help now. Call now. Eviction help now. 678-468-4940. That's eviction help now. If your view's a little distorted, maybe you need to change your position and get a better view. You're listening to Dr. Bonnie Benita. Bonnie with the view and a very special guest host today, Brother Demetrius Tolbert. He's a life coach, entrepreneur, and a re-entry specialist and has a non-profit organization. He's a great man of God and our very special guest, the award-winning Dewey Bozella, the recipient of the Arthur Ashe Courage Award. We now take you back to the broadcast as we talk about the importance of fighting for your life. Welcome back. Welcome back, WIGO 1570 AM. I'm Brother Demetrius Tolbrook, and I'm sitting here in deep, deep conversation with Brother Bozello, Dewey Bozello. And we're talking about his life and adversity and everything that he's been through in his life. And we're going to, and all this information has been documented, correct? Yes. Yes, sir. Uh, can you kind of, uh, you know, if, if I wanted to, research Mr. Dewey Bozella and, and just learn about your life story. How can I uh, find, um, you know? Well, I, um, you can just Google my name, Dewey, D-E-W-E-Y, last name Bozella, B-O-Z-E-L-L-A. And just Google my name and then go to videos. Uh, you'll see a lot of videos on me. You'll see 26 years by Jose Solomon, um, Morals uh, on the uh, ESPY Awards. And you also see uh, 26 Years of Dewey Bazella Story. Um, there's a book that was done in my life, the Dewey Bazella Story as well. Um, then you can also go uh, 30 for 30, I didn't do it. You know, There's a lot of things that, that are on me um, that okay. give you an explanation of what I went through, right. um, what was done on me, and et cetera. Right, right. So now... We're going to talk about a call. We have a caller on the line right now. Um, caller, I want you to chime in and, and, and talk to Mr. Dewey uh, uh, about uh, what you have going on. Tell us your name and where you're calling from. Yes, sir. This is Day, Day Anthony Matt. Welcome to the conversation. Thank you. Honored, honored to be part of it. All right, you want to talk with uh, Brother Dewey Bozella? You got any questions for him? Or uh, off the line, uh, off air, you were talking about your testimony. But Dewey Bozella and my good friend Demetrius Tobert, they're at your disposal. What would you like to chime in on about? Thank you very much. I would like to chime in about the courage and the strength that Brother Dewey Bozella obviously illustrated throughout his challenge on earth and i would like to ask him to be more specific about the inner dialogue that he had between himself and himself or himself and god because mm. to have god answer you is is really illogical but for you to answer yourself and have the courage to have the victory that you've experienced could you elaborate on that please um, honestly, uh, the experience with God, you know, is, 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 is like unexplainable. It's just something that just happens and, uh, supernatural things. Um, you know, you, first of all, you got to be a, a, a guy of spirit. It took me a long time to adjust myself to that because I was mad, angry, frustrated, and had a lot of anger inside me. Um, my trust and my love was horrendous, um, towards people towards life, 
Uh, it affected me in so many different ways. But uh, over the years, I had to make a, a, a change. And I said, because uh, me being silent and me being egotistical and me being the type of person that uh, uh, that was uh, anti-sociable uh, because of my lack of trust, there was only one person I could talk to, and that was God. And so I went there, and um, then when this test came, that was that was what made me realize, you know, who I am. You know, um, that that day when I did what I did, that's when I knew I became my own man, my own leader. And when um, when you go through something like that, you have to say to yourself and make a solid decision. You know, what's more important to prove how tough you are? Because by proving you tough, I, I could have took him out. I could have hurt him. I could have beat him up. I could have done a lot of things. But it takes more strength to just walk away. Why? Because that's what I'm asking for. What do I prove by going out here hurting somebody? What I did prove was, was, was what society thought about me. Mad, angry, and no good. And I'd have fell right into the trap. But I didn't think of it like that. I thought of it in another, in a whole nother way. Dewey, what's more important, man? Having peace with yourself or going out here hurting somebody? And the answer was having peace with myself. So I forgave. Wow. Well, I, I would like to congratulate you once again also for your accomplishments, your victory, and also for being in a relationship with a very powerful man of God. And as we're all on our path, uh, we're looking forward to facilitating more victory and accomplishments for you and whoever's life God might be willing to touch. Congratulations, sir. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate that, sir. So we're going to talk about victory. The young man uh, made a very, very, very remarkable point, victory. We're going to talk about triumph, blessings. We're going to talk about love because, you you know, you, you stated anger, bitterness, chaos, confusion, love. God is love. Okay. When did you fall in love with yourself? When did, when did the metamorphosis happen when you fell in love with God? When did you fall in love with boxing? Give, give me that testimony, the love. I, I, I want to stipulate something before I, before I go there. Um, there was a there was there was incident that happened to me. I got keep lock. Keep lock means I'm I'm in my cell for uh, for whatever time they give me inside my cell with uh, 24 hours with one hour wreck. Right. And this is what they call lockdown. This wasn't a lockdown of population. It was a lockdown for myself. I disobeyed a direct order from a correctional officer. Gotcha. And uh, I didn't care. Didn't even bother me. In fact, that was my piece. I, 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 it didn't even, but there was just this one Pacific keep lock that knocked the heck out of me. Right. Um, I was inside my cell and somebody was walking by who I knew, and I asked him for a cigarette. Mm. And the first thing he said was no. I said, yo, man, why are you going to do that to me, man? Why are you going to act like that? I right. said, yo, man, I see the cigarette pack right in your pocket, man. I said, yo, man, you know you know I am. You know what I do when I get out, man. I give you the same thing back, man. Why you act? So he gave it to me. It was the way he gave it to me. Right. And he handled it to me like like here. And I didn't like that, but I took it because I needed it. Okay. And um, when I put it in my hand and I turned around in my cell, everything flashed in front of me. Right. Everything, when I say everything, my life, mm-hmm. everything that I've been through, my ups, my downs, my 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 anger, my frustration, I mean, everything. Just, and I looked at the cigarette, and I looked at myself. Right. I said, you got life, man. Here it is. You're supposed to be a boxer. Right. And you begging this guy practically for this cigarette. Are you right. serious, man? You're supposed to be the maintainer, the provider, and protector. Right. You're supposed to be the the, the man of of of, 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 of of spirituality and all these things, and you weak. Look at you, right. letting a dominant cig this cigarette dominate you. Right. And I, right then and there, I had a I had a five gallon bucket of wine underneath my bed, right. and I had uh, reefer sitting up on my bunk, mm. 
acting like I'm home someday, going where. Right. And I said, if I get caught with this, that's that's I'm going to do at least six months in the hole, Absolutely. easy. But I, I I didn't care. That was my attitude. Right. That was my life. I was down and out, and I, and I had to find a way to survive. I used every excuse that you could think of. Right. I was right. doing everything wrong, and I looked at the cigarette, and I took it, and I said, man, I'm done, man. Right. I can't keep living like this. Right. And I threw it in the toilet bowl. Right. I gave away the wine. I gave away everything, and it was like um, that was my metamorphosis. I, I just gave away everything. People thought I bugged out. They right. thought something was wrong with me. I just gave everything away. That was a turning point. Yeah, that was that was that was where I made up my mind. I can't keep living like this. I'm right. worse. I'm worse in jail than what I was out in the streets. Absolutely. So now, when I'm talking about the spark, okay, the triumph, the turnaround, the victory, something happened, and you was exonerated. God reached into a bad situation and Man. used you as a miracle. Mm. Okay, like Peter. Mm-hmm. He opened the gates and freed you. Describe that moment, Dewey. It, it, it was like that right there. That could that turned my whole life around. Right. It was. It was uh, where I. I, I you, 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 things just come from out of nowhere. Right. And um, after after like that was about the beginning of my bid. But then after nineteen years went by. Right. Um, and that was twenty six years. Right. Uh, I, I I was I was more different than what I thought I was. Right. Now now I, you actually had to uh, prove to yourself that you can box oh, on yeah. a major scale now because you were oh, you, you were the yeah. champion in, in, in prison, right? Yeah. You was a guy that was known for the hands, Mister Mister Rock'em Sock'em Robot, right? <laughs> but now. You have a legacy now. You want to go ahead and prove to yourself what I could have been. Had I not did these 26 years, I could have been a legend in the ring, okay? So describe that feeling. When 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 I was inside Sing Sing State Penitentiary, I fought a guy, Ludovale. Ludovale uh, was the one who fought Roy Jones. He was the first one to knock down Roy Jones right. when he was trying to unify the title. When me and him fought for the Golden Gloves, uh, he gave me a cut over the eye. I I had cracked his ribs in the in the uh, second round. Right. And uh, I when I hit him to the ribs, I said, "Okay, I got him. I got him. I got him." Right. And uh, he threw a three punch combination. And then when um, after he threw it, uh, the head the head gets spunt. Right. And when I turned it around real fast, blood just came rushing down my eye. Where uh, the referee ran to Sandy had to stop the fight. Right. And I, I, I wasn't mad. I wasn't frustrated. Right. It was because I got I got I got I got careless. I was right. I got so excited right. that I, I said I got him right. that uh I it, it, it went in his favor. Right. But what made me proud was that he was the first man to knock down Roy Jones. Absolutely. And that right there told me, Man, look at all the possibility I had. The possibility. Yeah, man. It was like, man, wow. I would just love to have that one chance to get out here and, and turn pro Absolutely. and see what it's like. I don't care how old I am, I would give it a shot. Right, right. So now the floodgates open. You're mm. a free man. You've mm. been exonerated. The victory. God is showing his magnificence, right? Yes. Then there's still trials and tribulations because in order to fight, you have to <laughs> meet certain requirements and you have to fly yeah. to California. There's red tape. There's technicalities. Yeah. So – there's disappointment in that also. Kind of give us a well, sense. What happened was was that uh, I left uh, Poughkeepsie, New York. I, I was out there. For, I was. We left three o'clock in the morning. Right. And uh, for the next for the next, I was all the way to seventeen hours late on that night. Um, from three in the morning to seven o'clock at night, I, I took all type of tests and everything. And then they told me after I took all the tests, MRIs and everything, and how my heart was. They told me I had to go out in the ring with a heavyweight. Wow. And and the heavyweight uh was a pro fighter right. and uh I had to go out there and spar with him for three rounds. Wow. And um I just they just took blood from me, everything. And when you look at when you look at the me and them sparring, you can see still the band aid on my arm. Right. And I was like burnt. I was burnt. I was right. really, really right. teed off. And uh 
Then after that, they told me I didn't pass the test to make a long story short. And I, and I had, in the third round, I had shook them. Right. I said, so they had me do five-minute rounds of jump rope, five-minute rounds of speed bag, five-minute round on the mitts, and then five minutes, uh, five-minute round on, 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 on um, shot, you know, uh, speed bag. Right. And so I did all these things, and then they had me go out there and spar with him. I was right. saying, man, they, he, he even said, he said, he, I, you know, I ain't got to do nothing. I ain't got to do nothing. They said, shut up. You go out here and you just do what you're supposed right. to do as a fighter. Right. So you felt and like they you were set me. up to fail? Yeah. yeah. I, I said, I, and that's what I told them when I had the interview. I told them when they, they told me I failed. Right. I said, uh, I just went off. I wasn't nice about it. Please, you know, I don't want to, you know, use any words on here. But I, when I let him, I let him have it. I said, yo, man, you wasn't fair about it. I said, right. the, the, he even said, man, that, you know, what that we were doing is not fair, you know? And, right. and I, and I could have, I said, I could have knocked him out, man, if you just, you know, didn't take all my energy from me. You took all my energy from me. What do you want me to do? Right. And so, uh, then Bernard Hopkins and, uh, Oscar De La Hoya got involved. And then I went with Danny Chapman and, uh, went out to Philadelphia and then I passed the test. Wonderful. So endurance. So even in your darkest hour, well, when you had victory, there was despair and devastation in the victory, but you pushed through. Yes, sir. You got through. And finally, your moment, your moment comes <laughs> where you got a scheduled prize. You got a fight, a professional fight. Professional Describe fight. that moment when you got the lights, the bells, the whistles, the glitz, the glamour. Yeah. You got your 15 minutes. You got your famous moment. The what? epitome of, of what you've been working for your whole life. Give me some of that. Uh, I want to take me, take I me want, there. I want, I want to say that uh, uh, Larry Hopkins had 12 mixed martial art fights and three pro fights as a boxer, and uh, I had none. Wow. So that's 15 pro fights to my none. And I told uh, Oscar De La Hoya, I said, I can beat him, Oscar. Just, just, I'll take the fight. Right. I'll take the fight. And um, a lot of people don't know, you know, but when they look at my record and everything, they'll say, wow, man, you know, uh, I, didn't, I didn't know this. I didn't know that. I had a cracked shoulder. I had a right. busted, <laughs> I, right. my hip was messed up and everything. But I took the fight anyway because I said, I don't know when the next time I'm going to get a chance like this. Right. And uh, the first round he won, after that, the fight was over. Once right. I woke up, once I woke up and hit me on the with a chin, I said, man, what are you doing, man? This isn't how you fight, man. And right. then and then in the second round, you see me doing imitate Muhammad Ali, moving around, right. shaking and stuff like that. He couldn't hit me with the same punch, you know, and stuff like that. Right. And then they gave me an anonymous decision. He spit the mouthpiece out five times in the fourth right. round, you know. It was just it was it he just didn't want me to knock him out. But it was a but it but the moral of the whole thing is is this. Right. Don't let nobody tell you what you can't do. Wow. So, Don't let nobody say that you can't do this. I was 52. He was 30 years old. Right. And he got 15 pro fights to my none, and I right. still beat him. And, and and a lot of people will say, nah, this was rigged. No, it was not rigged. It right. was the truth. It was the truth. And God helped me to pull through. And, um, you know, if, if I'd have knocked him out, it it had been a, a Rocky Balboa, that type right. of thing and all right. that stuff. But, you know, God just wanted me to win by decision. And that's, that's the – and I left. Because I was offered three more fights after that, and I wow. said no. Well, um, you know, I look at it like this. The victory that you had. Yes. It's for and, the people who gave up. It's for the people. Everything that you've been through in your life, yes. you fought. Yes. You fought the the, the, the trials and, 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 and turbulence. You yes. fought the chaos and the despair. And you fought for your life. And you had victory over the hardships. You had victory over the letdowns, the mm -hmm. disappointment, despair. And God, you acknowledge God in it. Yes. God was your strength to let you know you belong. You are a miracle. Mm -hmm. And now we want to capture that in a bottle, and we want to help the youth. Is that your, your, your plan now, sir? I, 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 I want to help. Uh, uh, I, 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 I was doing uh, juvenile detention standards down here in, in Atlanta, Georgia, doing mm -hmm. volunteer work. Okay. Um, I, I want to... Uh, Continue to uh, be able to talk to uh, juvenile detention yeah. centers. Right. I want to be able to talk to uh, 
the kids that are a, a problem, what they call a problem childs, right. the ones that you know that are very hard or rough to get to and everything. Absolutely. You know, I'm I'm a public speaker. I definitely want them to know that you know um, that I want to I want to help them from making the mistakes that I made and that I made bad choices and because I made bad choices, I put me in this type of position. Right. And I want them to see that you know there there is a better way. But you're going to have to make the sacrifice. The other people can't make the sacrifice for it. You have to do this yourself. Absolutely. And once you are made aware, you can't blame your mother, your father, your niece, your nephew, your aunt, your uncles, your brother, right. your sisters. There's no one to blame but you once you are made aware. Absolutely. And don't get mad if no one don't come to see you. Don't get mad if no one comes by to help you out. Don't be right. frustrated at life when you had an opportunity and you didn't, and you didn't want to take the, the chance on yourself right. and you allow the peer pressure of someone else to get involved in your life or you was right. too weak to make that decision to go in the right direction. Right. And that's, and that's, that was the, the reason why I did what I did inside prison, dealing with learning how to forgive. Right. Well, I, you know what, Louis, um, I envision you having your own boxing gym, mm-hmm. teaching the art of combat, teaching the art of discipline through boxing. Yes. To the youth. Um, if there's anyone that wants to, yes, intrigued, that, that, that's inspired by your story, that wants to either duplicate or mimic or uh, put your story to a movie or, or a book or do some things to reach uh, to help, okay? How, do, how does somebody get in contact with, with you? If they want to, you know, schedule you for a speaking engagement or want to align themselves up with you and work along with you, how, how do how do we contact you? Uh, you can put uh, my telephone number is eight four five four seven six zero two five five. Okay, um, they can do that uh, straight. That would be straight to me um, for speaking gigs or anything that can help me to go to the next level. Um, also, my uh, email is drbozella, B-O-Z-E-L-L-A, at live.com. Um, and um, I, I, I am about to graduate from school again, dealing with uh, acting, 21st century. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm involved in a few things that I want to get, I want really want to get involved in. And I definitely want to help juvenile uh, uh, detention centers, kids, Male and female, um, it doesn't matter what nationality or where they come from. I just, I just want them to see the truth and to realize, man, there's, there's better things in life than uh, making bad choices. I always say to anybody, um, a two-second throat costs your lifetime of misery. Right. It doesn't take long at all to screw everything up. Right. And if you ever notice, every time we turn around, there's some basketball player, maybe even football player, that <laughs> ruined their career. Right. Off of bad choices. Right. And now, it doesn't take long. Right. Now, talk about the blessing that God gave you. You got a, a five-year-old son that you talked oh, absolutely. about. absolutely. That's my God man. gave you a blessing. Through it all, he's blessed with you with somebody to carry your legacy on. Yeah. Can you, can you kind of uh, uh, elaborate my, on my, Little Man? That's my man. <laughs> uh, he, yeah. yeah. Uh, my son uh, is my gift. And, okay. I, and I don't want him to make the mistake that I made. I, I, I want him to see daddy in a whole different light. And okay. I want him to know that uh, life is good by the choices that you make. Okay, wonderful. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up. My name is Brother Demetrius Tolbert. If you want to get in contact with me, my number is 470-979-9231. You can reach me at wecarehousing15 at gmail.com. And my we- my website is transitionalhouses.com. Transitionalhouses.com is a 501c3 non-for-profit. I'd like to say thank you to Dr. Bonnie Bonita. At WIGO 1570 AM, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I appreciate you guys. I appreciate you, Mr. Dewey, and God bless you and your future endeavors. Good, good day, guys. We hope you enjoyed Dr. Bonnie Bonita with a view. Please remember to send in any questions or comments to WIGOAM1570.com, or you can reach Dr. Bonnie Bonita directly at BonnieBonitaWorldwide.com. You can also join our army of volunteer advocates. It takes a village. 
Our email address is Dr. Bonnie Benito at Bonnie Benito Worldwide.com. <laughs>